Okay, how's it going? The Friday Football Podcast is on holidays. Fear not though, listeners, it has been replaced with the even better Friday Football Slash Hurling Podcast. Adrian, you're giving me the look that that may not be the best name for this podcast. Should we just go the Friday GAA podcast? Well, you're not here for last week's editorial meeting. Uh, I'm not usually by, invited. By editorial meeting, I mean last week's podcast. Were you here for last week's I week? certainly was. We, we decided in the middle of that podcast, the brand new spanking new name of the shiny new podcast was going to be the Friday GAA podcast. Okay, good. I'm kind I of mean, like me, Men in Black style thing for the Friday podcast. Second I leave this room, I've it's just blanked it news. out that, of my that memory. Friday football podcast is yesterday's We're not going to go back over the predictions for the final day of the season, but I'm pretty certain I got 10 out of 10. I can't, quite, I can't even remember. I, I think I've kind of blanked that as well. Yeah, it was all a bit of a haze last week, to be honest with you. Anyways, in true GEA fashion, we're kind of going with a soft launch. We're holding yeah. the big guns back for future yeah. weeks. Gilroy and McIntyre haven't bothered to turn up well, yet again. Pretty much at all this week. Uh, typical Friday. Yeah, uh, and by afternoon. soft launch, you mean we really haven't done any work and we've kind of landed into the. Uh, to do this this podcast, but uh, the microphones are up. We're talking. We're yeah, on. Yeah, this this is officially what podcasts are about. I think. Well, exactly. This is a big weekend, though. It's the start of News Talks Championship coverage for 2014. We're going to be in Ockram for the yeah. Battle of Ockram. Yeah, 28 years on, the second uh, coming of it. Yeah, it feels even today like there's a sort of a spring about the air. The sun is out. Well, it's because the weather is good. Feels. This is what I mean. It feels sort of. It feels like sort of championship, like Westmead. Or you know, the championship has officially started, and Westmead are still in it. Like, this is kind of the positive part of the year for me. These next, what have we got, sort of 36 hours days. until probably 9 yeah. o'clock tomorrow night, And possibly. then the quali- qualifier round that we'll have to, uh, to face into after that. So, you know, things are... I'm, I'm probably a lot the most, of positivity. I'm probably at the most positive point now that I'm going to be at any point over the course of the summer. We get our so bias out of the way early. Let's Adrian Barry, clearly Westmeath man. We're only going to have to put up with him for a week or two. Yeah, with that. yeah. The first qualifier. Me, Mayo man. I'm here for the long haul. I'm yeah, here for you're going to fall at the the final, the final. Well, at least one of the final hurdles or thereabouts. But you are here for the long haul, Nathan. We'll give you well, that. you see, I may have actually changed the course of history now that we're talking about Mayo. Mm. Let, let's just go with this yeah, because it hasn't uh, taken long. Because obviously Mayo's been in the news this week. Uh, Gavin Duffy making the switch mm. from Connacht rugby to Mayo football, and I'm going to take full credit for this. Right. This is if Mayo win the All Ireland and Gavin Duffy is the key let's, member of this right, side. Right, okay. well, let's, People let's of Mayo, come and thank. You're, you're beginning me. to sound a bit like Arson Wenger with your if Mayo wins the All Ireland. But go well, on, we'll 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 go with you for a minute. Well, you were you were there, Adrian. About ten days ago, we were at the Irupa Awards. Mm. Uh, pretty flashy affair, black tie, the whole mm-hmm. shebang. So we're sitting there, myself and yourself, and some of the big dogs from News Talk. Yeah. And Gavin Duffy is at our table. Now, Gavin, I know from Mayo, from back in the day. Mm-hmm. So he's telling me, you know, he's finished up with Connacht. I said, what are you doing? He said, oh, I might play a bit of football with Salter and Knock the Car. I said, you should play with Mayo. You should go back and train with the lads. You know, if you still got it, you played in an All-Ireland minor final. This guy, when he was, I remember when he was like 16, 17, yeah. was arguably the most talented footballer in the county. Obviously decided to go the professional route. Yeah. Then, the next day, I get up early. I took it easy on the drink that night. Unlike well, some people. That, yeah. Got up early, drove down to Mayo. Interviewing Andy Moran. Said Andy Moran at the interview. Oh, I was sitting uh, with Gavin Duffy last night, going back playing football. You know what you should do? You should give him a call and see will he go train with Mayo. And then, lo and behold, what happens? Five days later, David Brady's breaking the news and off the ball that Gavin Duffy is training with Mayo. This actually does not seem like an entirely implausible turn of events it's not this is why I'm t- saying it on air um, could no, well, well I mean, you would, you would regularly say things that are entirely implausible alright but uh, this one actually seems to have some sort of well potentially some merit about it and there's been a lot of 
consternation about what Gavin Duffy brings to Mayo or well, the, I don't, you know, I, I don't understand he, how he takes away from consta- Mayo. What does he take away from Mayo? I know. Look, in fairness. I, I say I use the word consternation. I'm not sure there's been a huge. There's amount a couple of, of angry people on Twitter, as yeah, always. That oh, it's an insult to the GAA that somebody thinks they could just come back from rugby and automatically walk straight back into the Mayo team and oh, it wouldn't happen the other way around. It might happen the other way around. Imagine if Aidan O'Shea had played rugby all the way up till he was 18 or 19 and he was in with Connacht training every week but he decided to play GAA, which he's unlikely to do considering he's not getting paid to play GAA. Maybe he would be able to go back and mm. play rugby. Same with Gavin Duffy. And also, there's no guarantees. Why this is good for Mayo is that Gavin is such a well-liked guy down in Mayo. It's not the case of I'm coming in, I'm sure, and ringing up James Orton and saying, oh, I want in. Here comes the superstar, yeah. get the red carpet out. This is going to be the difference. Ah, yeah. Look, it's, I mean, it's a win-win situation. A, a litany of guys as well who've come back from, who've gone to play AFL and have come back. So they've been professional athletes. and So presumably they actually bring something back to the mix. They're not just coming in and saying, right, here I am, make use of me, put me in the team, and let's get on with it. I can presume Gavin well, Duffy brings like a, a wealth of ideas of training and of care and of like hundreds of things outside of any ability to play. And like the guys who played AFL, he's been there in the past. He has he played with the minors. But Ty Canelli's perfect example of somebody who came back into Kerry. I'm sure when he came back, first of all, like he, his intentions were always clear. He wanted to come back and win All-Ireland. Mm. But I'm sure he added to that. How could you not add training day in, day out with some of the best experts in the country? Gavin Duffy's played for Ireland. He's worked with some of the top coaches. Mm. If, if he gives... If he gives them that little 1%, whatever that magic 1% is, maybe that's all Mayo need. Remember, they only lost the All-Ireland Final by a point yeah. last well, year. Suppose, like, obviously, like professional athletes, a lot of the uh, discussions around mentality and approach to games, and so people perceive that Mayo actually have the capacity in terms of playing quality to compete with the best there or thereabouts. That it's just been the sort of that little bit of mentality, the mental approach that they need yeah, to get over I, that final hurdle. And it has completely. And Mayo's biggest problem the last two years is that when the game went against them, that a lot of the experienced heads were the first ones to drop. Mm. That the guys who should have been the leaders were the guys who went missing in the last 10 or 15 minutes of games. So maybe if Gavin Duffy, even off the pitch, if he can work with them, but if he does get in, if it is a success and he is on the team, Maybe all the experience he's gained at Connacht means that if it's a tight game and Mayo are back in an All-Ireland final again, maybe it is that little difference. Mm. But I really don't see how there's any negative to this at all. If it doesn't work out, he goes off and he does whatever he had planned on doing in his post-rugby career either way. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what I have to say. Uh, good to get started on Mayo anyways and get all that yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, get that stuff. nonsense out of the way. Uh, championship first game of the weekend tomorrow night is your men though Westmeath against Louth uh, it hasn't been a particularly yeah. good season so far yeah. uh, for either of these sides to put it mildly considering neither of them won a game in the league yeah uh, bo- both of them without uh, without any sort of a way shape or form victory in 2014 um, but, is that maybe I mean, because Westmeath are just at a higher level they were they were in Division ah, yeah. 1, yeah, they're look, not a Division 1 team, they're a they're high not. Division 2 I mean, you team. See, well, that's the, like, there's a gulf, and it's depressing because you know that like the, the joy at Westmeath, and this goes for a lot of teams, the other Westmeaths out there are getting promoted from Division 2 is really tempered by the fact that you know full well that they're going to get um, trimming, I think is the, uh, f- the phrase on Vogue. In, in Division 1 you know like the p- potentially I kind of felt they played Cork first up it was a really good time to play Cork they were under a new manager Brian Cuthbert they were trying new styles here was a possibility actually to you know there was a lot of other big teams coming down the track we weren't really sure where Cork were at that time Poss- the potential that we could actually get something with that didn't happen and like you know it kind of says something when the team we run ran the closest during the league was Dublin to uh, to four points and I mean there was never really 
you know, that was never really going to be a runner in terms of Westmeath. Yeah, which Westmeath turns up tomorrow is that the team that gained a huge amount of experience playing against six Division One sides and were playing at such a high level, or is it a team whose confidence is absolutely shattered? Well, it has to be the latter, doesn't it? Like, you know, Paul Beeland's kind of touted the idea this uh, this week that playing against the better teams and that that raises the quality of football in the county. I just feel that's nonsense, I have to say. And he talks about it being a good learning curve. Uh, so playing challenge games recently against Galway. Wexford highlighted for Westmeath just how much you get punished for making mistakes in Division 1 which for me is probably a poor reflection on Galway and Wexford that they didn't punish those mistakes but I just don't think But is that not the case? It is a poor reflection that against Louth a team who were relegated from Division 2 Westmeath are just used to paying at such a faster pace that if it's which it will be it'll be a slightly slower pace against Louth that they'll just find it so so much easier I really I, I Loving your theory, really enjoying the possibility that might be the case. I just feel that a team who have gotten such big beatings and were 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 relegated from Division One essentially after three games uh, of the league. I just I can't see the. I, un, I understand the point that the sort of you know playing that better quality football rubs off a little better on your team. But if they're so much better than you, like you're really sort of scraping to try and improve the quality of your play and your tactics. And I don't really think you can do the proper sort of preparation work that you might be able to do against teams that are of similar quality that you can actually start to look at, let's try and play this player here, let's try this tactic. You just don't do that because you're all the time fighting this uh, tidal wave of onslaught. It sounds to me like you think Lau they're going to win this game. Actually, I do, uh, in many ways. Hmm. There are reasons to suggest that uh, Westmeath might possibly get something out of this. Uh, John Heslin, obviously uh, very important to the Westmeath team. Well, look at their full forward line they've named. It's such that's an experience. The, that's probably the main reason. Glennon, Heslin, yeah. Dolan. Yeah. Now, again, you know, Desi Dolan is one of these players who's been around a while. It's, I'll tell you something else that's depressing about Westmeath. It's 10 years since that Leinster final win. And I actually feel that the, the inability to... Um, Double down, to use the expression, on winning that in the in the immediate weeks afterwards, is a thing that in in is one of the things that has Westmeath struggling at the minute because there was a sort of a lackadaisical attitude to play in Derry in the quarterfinals um, a few weeks after that. I'm not sure it was taken all that seriously. Was it that the uh, the boys had gone on the tear for? That three was weeks? certainly the suggestion, and you know, like that was a decent Westmeath team at that point, and you kind of felt that they certainly had the beating of Derry that year. And there wasn't a huge amount in it at the end, but you could tell from the off that um, it was going to be a, it was going to be a bit of a struggle for Westmead that day. And I kind of felt if they had have actually sort of you know taken the momentum that comes from winning a Leicester final, bring it into a game against Derry, you're all of a sudden in an Ireland semi final. I just felt that attitude, you know, maybe in some ways has kind of resulted in where Westmead are at today. So not a lot of confidence from Adrian Barry for Westmead. Something interesting to look out for tomorrow night. Seventeen-year-old Ryan Burns, he uh, plays for Louth. He's going to be on the bench. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow night they were chatting about this on off the ball during the weekend. The general feel was quite negative that 17-year-olds shouldn't be playing inter-county football. I would be of the opinion, old cliche, if you're old enough, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Yeah, yeah. But um, I would think if you're playing, if you're 17 and you're playing senior, maybe you don't need to play under 21, maybe you don't need to play club under 21, maybe this it. is yeah, the problem. That's it. That's it. That's exactly it for me. I have to say it's like, you know, there's, I, there's, I, I suppose really the underlying argument to all of this sort of thing in a holistic approach is that he's, is it a month out from the leaving cert? Yeah. Is it that sort of, like, I, I, I get that and there's not really a huge amount of room for leeway with that. Um, but the other aspect of things in terms of the amount of get, games that he would play, there's probably three or four teams that he could just opt out of. He's probably at that age, at 17, probably playing another couple of sports as well. So actually, if he was just playing minor and senior, well, it wouldn't really be a problem. It wouldn't be an issue.
but it's the fact that, as you said, there's under 21s, there's schools, there's whatever else. Club, all sorts yeah. uh, going on. So we'll we'll do our predictions. We'll continue our predictions over mm. the course of the summer. And I'm keep no go record for, of them whatsoever. I'm going to go for wait. No, this is new regime. Go new regime. Yeah, right, okay. Going to remember this for the this summer. Is not, not a good regime, by the way. But yeah, I'm, okay. go, I'm going for Westmead. Um, okay, well, I'm going to go for... Louth had a big win over Leash and they, Leinster in Leinster last year, and I do uh, expect them... Despite that impressive Westmeads full forward line to get the job done, Kildare wait in the quarterfinals, unfortunately, for whoever wins this game. So uh, imagine well, that's as far as they go either way. Well, I'm glad you brought up Leash there because Leash are part of our commentary game on Sunday afternoon. We're going to be at Ockram for Wicklow against Leash. I'll be joined in the commentary box by Dublin's Mossy Quinn, by Mayo's Lee McHale. And as always, Colm Woolley Parkinson will be down on the sideline. To look ahead to this, we're joined on the line by Jack Nolan. Jack's a commentator with Midlands 103 and... Jack, just looking at this pretty simplistically, Leash are a Division 2 team, Wicklow are a Division 4 team, so I'd expect expectations pretty high in Leash ahead of this one. Uh, expectations in the county wouldn't be that high, I have to say. And it's amazing, not as we haven't been there since 1986. I've been there numerous times in under-21s and minors. We've hurled there a few times. It's amazing this is the first time back with the senior football after that historic game. But as the expectations are not high in the county. Uh, really, I suppose, an untried team up and down uh, National Football League. Your first year with Tobasso Flaherty. And I suppose the team that has picked for Sunday has shown a few surprises as well. Yeah, what are the main surprises in the team? Obviously, Colin Begley isn't there. Is there an injury? No, um thought it was, but it seems that Colm has been slightly disciplined. Uh, he played with Parnells in the Dublin Championship during the week, and the word today, that's why he's not included in the starting team. So uh, I think when word of that gets around, it'll, it'll uh, cause a few tremors throughout the county. It was thought maybe when he wasn't picked, he was injured, but that's, I believe is not the case. Uh, interesting. So mm. what have been the tactics that Tomaso Flaherty has been in, uh, using during the league campaign? Is this a very attacking leash side? Absolutely, and because of that, probably have suffered at the back and have conceded quite a number of scores. But uh, I suppose Tomás O'Flaherty, when he was interviewed by the county board, having had you know four years with Justin McNulty, people had been turned off of the defensive style of football. I think the county board wanted a more attacking style from the manager, and uh, he has done that. Now, many people said he couldn't do that because when he was with Westmead uh, and with Galway, he was a very dis- defensive-minded manager. But uh, he has tried the attacking role. Uh, it has worked on a couple of occasions. It hasn't worked on more because obviously when you're attacking and if you don't have the defensive set up there, as it seems like Donegal and Dublin and those have, then you can be caught in the counter-attack and that has happened numerous times. And the problem with Sunder now is that you know, at the completely untested uh, back division, uh, lost their two full-backs. Dennis Booth was sent off for his second red card in, in the last match in the league in this year. So he's gone for the game. And uh, the regular full-back, Mark Timms, is out with injury. So they were left with no full-back. That means Paul Begley, brother of Columns, who had uh, played in central half-back throughout the league, he now moves back to full-back. And the, the man who has been picked has caused a bit of a shock in Leash is Stephen Atroyd. Now, he has never started a, a senior game in the Championship for Leash. Last year, he came on and played in a couple. I think he may well have started a qualifier game last year, but he came on in a couple of games. He was a, um, a top athlete at underage level, won, I think, 100 metres at the community games at national level. But he now gets the job of playing a centre-half back. And alongside him is Robbie Kyo, a small player, a good cornerback, but the surprise is he's, he's a centre-half back. Darren Strong, a regular there. So really, I suppose, what you're looking at now is a very untested uh, half-back line with uh, Paul Bagley untested as full-back as well. Jack, just a couple of brief ones the, on the um, Colin Bagley thing. Is that any indication that's going to be a temporary thing or is this, you know, because... I don't I mean, know, just... 
Joe, no, I, I asked last night and I was told it was, it was an injury, but uh, the word in, in out now is, is that uh, it was because he played with Parnells in the Championship during the week in Dublin. Because it's a big game to be dropped for. Yeah, no, I'd say, I think it's the second time this year he has been disciplined. Uh, earlier on in the league, while he was injured, he was actually dropped from the panel for a while because uh, at uh, some launch event, he criticised the former manager, Justin McNulty. And uh, I think the, the current manager didn't take too kindly to that, so oh. he, was, he was just omitted, but he was injured at the time as well. You might have touched on a little bit of this already, but uh, reading some quotes from Conor Murray that, uh, during the week, and he's talking about Tomás Flaherty bringing some new ideas uh, this season, from what you've seen, what's what's he doing differently, both in terms of the sort of training and preparation, and in terms of the style or approach compared to Justin? Well, I suppose it's, it's, it's totally different, and I suppose even from interviewing him, from my point of view, into after games, you know, it's a very, very fellow. He's mm. great to talk to, explains the game to you, and uh, you know, his style has been to attack, and that is something that I suppose is a style of football. Getting back to the style of football, probably at least played back under Mikko and and uh, you know in the nineties and and and. Uh, into 2003 and four and five, you know, when they were in three Leicester finals, they were a very much an attacking side. And the problem is they probably haven't got the same defensive uh, players as they had back then. So that, I suppose, is his trademark. Um, he has been trying to turn them around, uh, turn them into attacking players. Now, I know one player, Peter O'Leary, who was cornerback right throughout the uh, Justin McNulty era, he was delighted when the new manager came, thought he might get an attacking role outfield, but uh, he's still back there in a the cornerback position. But it, it's going to be an interesting game, uh, as I say, with that untried defence to set up uh, up front James Finn makes his debut has played right throughout the league he's on one side of the half forward line with Donny Kingston in the middle he picked up a knock last week and was a little bit doubtful and you know, Billy Sheehan now Billy's uh, uh, 34 years of age you know and has been soldiering now for a long time with Leash uh, Kerryman of course but uh, the age, age the legs are getting up on him but he's still a very very determined player as well in the full forward line you have Ross Munley as well an awful depend on him as the captain of the side mm. You have David Conway, the far side, the brother of Chris Conway, of course, who, who got starting service for Leash. And Conor Murdoch, I suppose, who was back in the Leash fold late last year, into it this year. I was often playing Aussie football for a while and all that. And, uh, you know, if he can take an, an up front with himself in Kingston, I think they're the two main men down the middle if he's going to win this game. But I think it's going to be a hugely tough encounter for them. All right, Jack. Well, we look forward to it on Sunday afternoon there. Jack Nolan, uh, commentator with Midlands 103. Uh, that was very interesting there, Adrian. Yeah. Obviously getting an insight into Leash and perhaps a few rumblings in the camp. Uh, Colin Begley, such an influential player, dropped from the side. His yeah. brother is named at fullback, uh, not his usual position. Leash haven't a particularly good record in Leinster in the last few week, uh, years. In fact, a terrible record mm. in Leinster in the last few years. Beaten in the first round by Louth last year, Longford the year before. I think this could be a lot closer than people expect. The manager having to play a style that he's not used to seems to be kind of... I, I don't know why. There was a, kind of a, there was an, enough of a pool of managers, and actually Longford was another county that was in the market after Glen Ryan departed, and there was enough of a pool of managers there that presumably you could get the style of manager to suit the play he wanted to play. Which well, I think the feeling there was maybe that Justin McNulty's style... Leash, the Leash players weren't happy with it, mm. and certainly the Leash public weren't happy mm. with it. It's not to say that Justin McNulty shouldn't have gone. It's just to say that you know, the guy well, it's a bit. It's a bit like going back to our Sam Allardyce conversation, which we've been having for the last few mm. weeks. That the public, I suppose, the results what, weren't what there. What do these people want? What do these people want? <laughs> but I suppose they would point and say, "Well, we weren't getting the results we wanted either." Yeah. Under Justin McNulty, well, at least this way, maybe we'll play some decent football. Yeah. I don't know. Look, look. There does seem to be a clash of what's what's required and what can be delivered. But the uh, Jack kind of touched on Ross Munley as well. I think he's. 32 or 33 into his 11th year of championship football I think there's a huge dependency on him 
um, at this point of his career. He scored 2.22 in the league. Um, Donny Kingston is kind of the other score threat. And I often kind of wonder if Leash, Park Lancey retired about 12 months ago, and I kind of wonder if they're missing that sort of um, physical presence maybe in some ways as well. You know, they're, like they're, Those two guys are... Yeah, small, they have a lot of experience small, in midfield lippy, with, with Meany and O'Loughlin. Yeah. But as Jack was saying, defensively, it's going to be a very, very unusual uh, backline for them. A pretty much untested backline. So, if you're the Wicklow boss, if you're Harry Murphy, you're looking at this, you're getting them to Fortress Ockram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking, Look, I don't know. I don't know. You think you, you think you think Wicklow can get it done? I'm going to go for Wicklow. Well, it's controversial because mm. we're going to go uh, on opposite sides of the fence here as well. I... Uh, Dublin away, needless to say, in the next round, which is like you kind of wonder what's the incentive here. But uh, I do think Leash are going to get it done. Uh, Harry Murphy's been talking about Leash being the height of their ambition this summer. And I think it's, I think it's a fair enough point actually. But I do think um, Wicklow could have beaten Meath by the way last year, but didn't get it done. I do expect Leash to win this game. Well, that is our live game this Sunday, half three thrown, but we'll be on air from one o'clock, and we'll have reporters at all the other matches as well. Ushin Langan is going to be at the other half three throw-in in Leinster which is Longford against Offaly. And these aren't particularly good times for Leinster football. No. Talking there about uh, the match on Saturday night, uh, Westmeath and Lauda, neither of them won a match this year. Longford and Offaly, both relegated from Division 3. It's really difficult to predict how this one's going to go, considering they both had yeah. such poor league campaigns. I expect that the Leinster supporters will be thinking, this is a game we should win at home at Pierce Park. The Longford, yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and, and then tradition will say that Offaly would think that, well, we were well used to beating Longford and this is the sort of thing we just do is, um, it hasn't happened now in the last few years, mind you. Um, new couple of managers as well. Uh, Glenn Ryan obviously having left Longford, as I mentioned. Jack Sheedy's in there. Um, bit of a Dublin legend. I think there's an easier route to the semis. Uh, here with the winners play Wexford uh, in the quarterfinals um, home advantage really is the only way I can uh, swing this one and I'm going to go for Longford yeah two Longfords I think it is against Offaly uh, Tyrone against Down four o'clock up in Oma um, Tyrone Sean Kavanagh I just think that's the difference between the sides it is a very different Tyrone team I think yeah. they've made eight changes is it from uh, from last year's uh, All-Ireland uh, semi-final so I would expect that Tyrone will just have too much for Down. Listening to Conor Deegan, he was kind of saying, if Down had absolutely everybody fit and ready, they could give Tyrone a game. But they're missing a couple of players. And that maybe, I just get sense with Down, maybe this team is a couple of years past its peak at this stage. They are actually missing a couple of players, but Tyrone are too, you know. It's not the, the one-horse boat that uh, Conor has a decent piece in the, I think, the Irish Times this week as well. I've been looking at, I'm really excited, I have to say, to see how Kyle Coney gets on. He's... Unbelievably, making his senior championship. Yeah, I can't believe it. We kind of been waiting for this guy. I think when they won the minor, was it oh eight? He won the minor. We were all thinking, even in oh nine, this guy is the next Gooch. Almost, Mm. this guy is going to dominate football for the next five or six years, and for various different reasons, injuries and other reasons, it hasn't happened. It is remarkable that six years later, he's only making his first championship start. Um, And like, I think I think Coney could be could be a real like you know for from a Toronto point of view could be a real. Um, spark for them this year I have to say he if he can stay fit he's had a few injuries obviously um, the consistency is the other sort of aspect I'm 24 now as you said former Sydney sponsor I was looking up his Twitter feed uh, during the week mad about all sports he is um, uh, choice with his language actually at times oh, really? as well but uh, if it is you're I, not impressed I, I'm, by that I'm crediting this account to him if it is his or not but <laughs> Um, bit of a Manchester United fan as well but he's been out for a long time he's had these ankle issues he only played half of the league but Potentially, the spark that Tyrone need. He kicked eight points against a decent enough um, 
Cork team. And just it'll be interesting to see. Like none of us really know what sort of a player he is, you know. And I watched a bit of video footage of him, and like very good on the ball, easy to can ship a tackle and sort of get on with it. Bit of a his shooting technique isn't exactly a, a thing of beauty necessarily, but uh, it does seem. If to you can put it over the bar, that's all that matters. That's all that matters, Ethan. That's good. Good GA expression right there. We're ticking the cliches as we go here. Uh, Tyrone, you would put in in the top six teams in the country, a team who have maybe not genuine aspirations of winning the All-Ireland, but will certainly be expecting to be in the mix August, September. I think they're definitely going to have too much for down, particularly particularly at home in Oma. Yeah, I think you're right there. Uh, Tyrone obviously knocked out by Donegal in the first round of Ulster last year, but their seasons went in the sliding doors route afterwards, and not in the way you would have expected. Um, and I would agree, Tyrone uh, through to meet Monaghan on June the 15th with, in a game, another game that will be live on and, off the uh, ball. And Niall Morgan going to kick a load of points. I hope I have him as my captain in the uh, Fantasy GEA. I must get that done, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I should also stick in a couple of Wicklow, and uh, considering uh, we get to pick the uh, man of the match now, and it's worth 20 points, I think, in the Fantasy GEA, might have to start influencing our commentator, yeah, yeah. our co-coms, yeah, in, a, in a certain direction. Uh, All right. a decent old game there, uh, yeah. Liam, I think. He went off injured after five minutes. Your choice there, yeah. And uh, the one remaining game, down in Connacht, Roscommon against Leitrim. David Brady's going to be reporting from this one. The winners plays, uh, play Mayo in the semi-final. I was talking to John Evans last week and Emily Mulligan as well. Roscommon, Division 3 champions. They got to the All-Ireland Under-21 final. Yeah. I think Roscommon are a team who are going places. They may not go past Mayo, but they're certainly a team who could go on a decent run during the qualifiers. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, 2010 since Roscommon last won Connacht, and it's obviously the least competitive of the provinces, which is not a good record. Oh, You should point out, a, 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 you know, from a tradition point of view, Remarkable generalisation there. That's less competitive than Connacht. There aren't any. No, no. Connacht is just uncompetitive at the moment because Mayo are so good and so far ahead of everybody well, else. Well, it's never... It's, it's, it, whenever, it, whenever it's at its most competitive, you're talking about Galway, Mayo... Roscommon, you know. Well, like, whenever you're talking, that's three counties. Talk about Munster, Cork, Kerry. Yeah, Limerick have been there about. Factually incorrect. <laughs> Limerick have been there about. Sligo have won, uh, have won yeah, a provincial title. Yeah, but I mean, so more this, recently, but, but Limerick have won. Sligo would tend title. to. Uh, Sligo would tend to sort of drop in where when Roscommon are playing poor, or Leitrim will drop in when another team are playing. Look, I'm sticking with least competitive, and I'm happy with it. Yeah, I think this is a good Roscommon side. Kyle Craig, full forward. Donny Shine in there as well. Senan Kilbride, they've got a little bit of experience. There's no under-21s in their starting 15, though, which is a bit of a surprise, um, mm. considering they got to the That's, All-Ireland why, why final. Why is that? John Evans, you, you spoke to John Evans, and he's not involved in the under-21 setup. Dave, um, Roscommon have a combined six minor and under-21 uh, Connacht titles over since 2010, over that time where they haven't won Connacht at senior level. Like, why? Well, I, I so, did ask him that. I asked him how you get players from being very good minors, mm. very good under-21s, what happens between that and becoming brilliant seniors? Difficult process. He was just saying, well, 20, 21, 22-year-old males is the most difficult time of their lives. They're yeah. going through a lot. They have a lot of big decisions to but make. But that there will be none is kind of remarkable. No, well, I think maybe there's other reasons behind that that maybe John Evans has stuck with this side throughout the league campaign. I know there was a couple of issues maybe after the under-21 final where they were one the under-21 players were expected to line out for the senior team and they weren't too happy about it. So maybe John Evans just thinks this is a game where I want a little bit of experience. Uh, Leitrim, I would love to see do well. Mm. Um, Emily Mulligan, it's it's remarkable talking to him because he's one of the most talented forwards in the country. He's never played in Crow Park. That's kind of sensational, isn't it's it? It's madness mm. that this guy who is such a brilliant, brilliant footballer just 
because ah, of the listen, way the championship is set up. You can't have everyone coming up to Crow Park willy nilly, Nathan. You know, you can't just have you can't throw the doors open and say, Why? right, Leitrim, Sligo, in a kind of direction are playing there next week. Let's uh, you know, well, maybe he wants to go and try get the microphone out and try out. Um, I think Roscommon are going to win this, and I think they're going to push Mayo pretty close in the Connick semi final. Then I agree with the first part of that. Yeah, um, it's June the eighth for uh, the next phase of that. I do expect Roscommon to uh, get the job done, but. To fall foul of the mighty Mayo on June the 8th. All right. Which will be some consolation to you. We agreed on that one. Uh, Typically shambolic start to the podcast summer. Uh, Let's hope we. The Friday GEA podcast. Don't forget, Sunday afternoon, live coverage from Ockram of Wicklow against Leash.